You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Everybody, welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast from your boy Yao Mega. Welcome, one and all. I appreciate it, yo. I'm excited, yo. I mean, we, we're in a new year. We're going to have some new amazing indie projects that we're going to be throwing our wallets at or our purses at, per se, because, I mean, we got independent creators that are just doing amazing projects, right? Check it out. I have two amazing folk right here that are about to debut an amazing Kickstarter project that will just blow your mind, all right? It's fire. I mean, they've been doing comics. They've been doing things. They've been rocking in the business. Let me present first up, the script writer, the one only, Easton Deverna. Where Papa's was popping? Hey, how's it going, Al? Thanks so much for having us on tonight. Absolutely. And then his partner in crime, the one and only Latino Heat himself, Marcus Jimenez. What's popping, kiddo? What's popping? How you doing? Uh, well, doing. I'm doing great, man. I, I'm just excited <laughs> to talk to amazing independent creators like yourselves, man, just rocking out. I, I, I got to look at y'all project, man. The world is blind. I mean, yo, I mean, the whole world is blind. Uh, for real, isn't it? I mean, we're going to get into the statement and all that. But before we get into all that, of course, you know, it's all about the origin story, man. So let me start with the big homie himself, Mr. J. Like, yo, let us know, bro, where you from? Let us know your origin story into fandom. And when I say that, you know, when I elaborate, who got you into it? Was it mama? Was it papa? Was it titi, tio? You know, or, or was it self-discovery? <laughs> so right off the bat, uh, it was, uh, I'm from Massachusetts. I was raised in Lawrence, you know, and, uh, you know, live up north now. Uh, yeah, shout out, man, Lawrence, Matt PRs and DRs and that Pueblo over there. Yeah, 100%. Um, so my, it was my Theo that got me into to reading comics. He bought me a Tim Drake uh, Robin, you know, Robin number one. Oh, and that, that was your first book? That was my first book. Tim Drake, you know, first Robin nice. to get his own solo title. Love that. That's my one of my all-time favorite characters. Uh, and then from there, I uh, my I, I got uh, my first book about myself was uh, Teen Titans with Don and Troy and everyone like that. So I got to meet Phil okay. Jimenez. He drew me Don oh, and nice. Troy. That was like my really you know. Another Jimenez in the house. No another Jimenez. Yeah, <laughs> got me into comic book art. And since then, I was just like, I need to make books. Um, and then uh, you know. It's, I left comics for a while, came back, and Miles Morales is what brought me back into reading comics. When you so. saw when you saw a, a half African American, a half Boricua in the building, you were like, "Yo, I gotta do something." Remember, he's he's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. half Boricua because yeah. yeah, they, they're trying to cast a non-Boricua into into a possible role. Like, no, it's it's gonna be very important that you cast a biracial Miles Morales. All right, Marvel, yes, Disney. It's very important you do that. Don't just cast an African-American or a full no, Latino. Afro-Latino. Afro-Latino, yes, thank you. I, I, yo, we're, we're on it, bro. We're on it, brother. We're homies. <laughs> so, Easton, yo, I, I need to know your origin story, man, because you, you said I'm the script writer. What up, homie? You, you contacted yeah. us, and I saw the greatness of your project. So, 
Tell us about you, where you hail from in your origin story. And then he froze on me. In New York. I, went. Oh, there you go. I was born in Manhattan, moved there. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, so you're, oh, you're okay. Manhattanite. Okay. Well, you're my first Manhattanite. I, 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 I was born there, and then I was raised on Long Island. Uh, and then about four years ago, I moved down to North Carolina. So that's where I am now. Um, it's a little bit warmer down here, a little uh, slower of a pace. So, But it's cool. I like it. I like it down here. Um, but yeah, what got me into comics, I, I don't know if there was any one person who really was like, hey, um, you know, here's a comic book. And then, like, my mind uh, blew up. Oh, there was an instant with that, but I'll, I'll get to that. But I think... Like, I grew up liking, you know, like the X-Men cartoon, um, the Spider-Man cartoon, collecting, like, Marvel masterpieces or the flare cards. Yes, yes. Preach, bro, the good old days. <laughs> I, still, I still have them in my closet collecting dust somewhere. Uh, but, my, like, my brother and I used to ride our bikes to the, to the comic shop uh, or the corner store, which wasn't a comic shop. It was, like, they sold everything, like a general store, you know, stationary. At the bodega, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we used to go there with our allowance and just pick up whatever, like, 90s X-Men book um, looks nice. cool to us or whichever cover was the shiniest, you know. Um, so I was kind of like that. But then I remember, like, my first, like, real graphic novel was when um, it was my sister's best friend's father uh, finished reading Batman the Cult by Starlin and Wrightson. Whoa, that was the first graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Woo! And it probably shouldn't have been because I was probably like no. 10 years old when I read it. <laughs> and Here we go, kiddos. There you go. I, just, I have the same exact position right there. And it's, and it's, a, it's an incredible book. But at yes, like 10 or 11, I should not have been reading it. But my eyes were like popping out of my head. You know, when you see a book. And then I kind of fell out of comics um, when I got out of high school into college because um, I was an English major and I was just inundated with reading assignments and literature and things like that. And then when I went to do my master's degree in creative writing, um, I took a course taught by Scott Snyder. Um, and it was the graphic oh, novel. Oh, man. Scott Snyder yeah. himself? Nice, man. Big yeah. Scott out there. He loves us, too. We love him. <laughs> He's awesome. He's awesome. But um, I didn't know who he was at the time. He was just about to blow up. It was at the start oh, of the wow. New 52. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sick of taking these short story courses. Let me do a graphic novel. And I used to love comics. Why not? Um, and I took it with him, and, and it just really got me, it, like, wow. stoked my passion for the medium once again. And... Ever since that class, I've been writing. I did my thesis for my MFA as a graphic novel script, um, and then yeah. I just went on to kept going. I couldn't, I couldn't stop. It's like I got bit by the bug again, you know. So you got bit <laughs> by the bug, and you started to go to creative journey. So I didn't get into that with Marcus. So how did you get the bug to get into creative journey? Uh, high school. I had a, a best friend. His name was Steven. He went by Steven Zephyr, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was probably one of the most creative people I ever knew. Like, he would, you know, he gr he grew up in the projects, so, you know, he was drawing on printer paper or any notebook paper he could find. Printer papers, books, printers. People would ask his question, why do people have printers in their house? Because we had to print reports. Exactly. <laughs> so he had, like, grid paper, too, and he would just draw on that. And nice. 
I think at a certain point, he had like almost a hundred characters that he created on one sheet. Wow. Like, it, it was like this big. The George and, Perez of no one knows. <laughs> exactly. And he created like a whole universe of characters at 16 years old, 15 years old. And he's like, oh, we, you got to do this. And I got back into it and I started creating all these characters. And I was like, oh, I love doing this. Um, so I started drawing myself because I was like, I can't hire an artist. So I got to teach myself how to draw. And I was doing that for a long time. Um, and then I got into filmmaking, so I stopped with the bug a little bit. But the bug was always there in the back of my head, so I started oh. writing the books instead of drawing it. Okay. And then um, was that it, different? I mean, in the approach that you took, it was, was oh, it kind of a different segue for you. It, I, uh, Easton can probably compare it to me. Um, the way my brain works when I'm writing a book is, I think art first. I think of like, what do I want to see on the page? How do I want it to translate down? And then I go back and write it. I, I, okay. I'll sketch it out in a little layout mm. like this right. big. So you draw and first then, and then build the story off of the drawing. And I build the story off the off the thing. So when we were when we started doing this project, when we'll get into it later, there were some pages where I drew first and then Easton wrote. Oh, what? Easton, do you take the same type of approach? Is this some psycho madness here, or or is that something that you could kind of relate to? <laughs> I think I don't know. That's that's the Marcus Madness maybe. Um I Marcus is is a phenomenal artist. I kind of dabble a little bit, but I'm not anywhere near as good um or as quick as Marcus. You so, see his stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yes he is. I <laughs> kind of um I, I just kind of start at I, I usually know the beginning and the end of a story and then I kinda of let the rest of it just happen. Uh, I okay. tried doing outlines once upon a time and my characters came out incredibly stiff like cardboard and it was boring, and they were not real. And then I just sort of kind of let things happen. So I usually just have that starting Wait, point. And then when I, you say that, remember. when you say that, you let things happen. What yeah. do you dive into to allow yourself to let things happen? Really just at, at point A. I usually have a concept and um, a main character or characters with their with their motivations. And then so I want to just get, I just say, okay, here's page one, panel one. This is what's happening in my head. And then it just sort of unravels, you know. Um, I have to go back and make edits all the time, or I edit as I go. So sometimes my writing takes longer than other people. Um, but it's it's just a process that i found that works for me. Everybody is completely different. Some people love outlines and, and swear by them. I've tried them. I just can't, I just can't do it. Um, so I just kind of. <laughs> it's called like pantsing as a writer. You just kind of you just let whatever happens happens and hope for the best. You know, that's kind of how I live my life. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If I if I'm writing a story myself, I outline what I think the plot will be. Okay. So you give yourself an outline and then start writing the script based on that little outline. Yeah, I do what's called a story circle. Um, explain. Okay. Explain for 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 the non-understanders. <laughs> uh, so a story circle is actually something coined by Dan Harmon, the guy who made Rick and Morty and the community and stuff like that. Okay. And I can't think of all the points off the top of my head, but essentially imagine a clock, right? And every point on the clock, every number on the clock is a story plot point. And what your your what your goal is, right? One and seven are across from each other. Three and nine are across from each other. 
your point, your idea is to get each point to reflect each other in the story. Oh, and is it precisely based on that time? Uh, yeah, it's it's it kind of comes out to that time in the story. Some mathematical so like, shit, yo. You're talking some science here, bro. <laughs> so you you hit that three, right? You hit that quarter of your story, and that's when you want to. It's the catalyst, right? It's okay. like what happens in the story that propels us forward. Okay. Right. And then once you get to nine, that you're like, okay, we just went through all the fun and games, like all the cool stuff. And it's not always fun. It can be depressing. Like in, in some books. I mean, that's what the uh, realize are, right? you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you get you get to nine, and it's like end of act two. You're going into the final act, and, you know, now you, you start telling the end of your story. Okay. So, like, three is kicking off the story, at, like the kicking off the main part of the story, gotcha. and, and nine is the start of the end. So, you know, uh, I follow that, woo. and then you'll start to see things connect all the way through. I love that little philosophy here. Is that something you kind of do do likewise, Easton, or what? Uh, yes. In uh, so that's uh, that's that's the hope is that you you plant seeds in the beginning and they pay off and connect as you as the story unfolds. I just do it, um, I guess, a little bit more chaotically than, than my, <laughs> <laughs> as, it, as it a little bit more um, well organized. Well, I guess it's too on point, right? He's like a yeah. schedule. Let me let me get my pad no, out, no. and this is when I'm gonna do this. Guys. <laughs> that's that's where it ends. That's why me and Easton work so good. My, my outline ends there. And then we start art, or we start writing together, and it's just like we do whatever the hell sticks, and we keep going until it yeah, works. Yeah, that's your that's your foundation, and then you have yeah. you know, and, and then things start to take shape as you get in, into the nitty gritty of the creating process, right? Exactly. Guys, yeah. all right. So we're reaching the halfway point, and I need people to see what we're about to talk about. So you guys gave me a stopping point. So folks, get ready. You guys are about to see an amazing little trailer. All right, I'm gonna stop it where they asked me to, because you're gonna have to watch the rest of the pre-launch. Now, before I even start this video, check it out. Start signing up. Don't mess around, folks, because this project will blow your mind. I'm about to prove it. All right. So you know, get that ready there. Get that link ready in your profiles. All right, because I'm about to share this amazing trailer. Here we go. Savagery. Come from the ravaged and war-torn Enarch, Shep Olsen set his crown on the cold, dead grass. Useless. He took instead his prayers, his faith, his hope, and below his boots, he took to the mountains. A weapon here, so the bishop had said, mighty enough to save him and his people. A fairy tale pound to a penny, he could be sure. Still no other choice, still a last endeavor. With the crystal before him, memories, phantoms of his wife and son, of Key, Sarah and Robert flickered through his mind, the last he would ever see them. The black skies opened, letting fall their reins, and the tall... Well, I gotta stop it there, because we're, gonna, we're getting too close to some major teasers. <laughs> okay. But, but how, how how awesome is that? But I do have a PowerPoint, so we're going to continue checking out the amazingness <laughs> of this project. All right, guys? I, I'm told, I told you guys I'm here to celebrate the greatness of your project. So let's get real. Awesome. Right, and we appreciate so, it. So, really, really. Uh, uh, so, again, right? So let me say the, 
share this. So before we start the PowerPoint, when when is the project launch again? The project launch is on Wednesday, uh, the 12th, so literally one week from today. Uh, we'll have day one early bird specials, so you'll get Ooh. discounted on the on the book, uh, on the digital version, and a couple other things. And, but, you know, we... And we I'm have sorry, some though. limited edition stuff. Sorry about that. We have some limited edition stuff. Um, I, I think we can tease it a little bit here, Easton. Um, tease, tease. Yeah. One of the highest tiers is going to let you have your own character. So No way. Uh, you tell in us your book? name. It, it won't be in the book, but I'll design it, and um, and you'll get to see it. And Easton will uh, write a, a short story, like one page, uh, that – that tells the story oh, of your man. character. You know what? That that's some brag braggadocious stuff. Look, <laughs> homies, I got a I got an origin story in comics. How about you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> main, so the main character, uh, one of the main characters, is Helios. He's a protector of the crystal. So Marcus will design you if you want, as he would have if you were to be the main character of this story. Okay. And then I'll write like a one pager to go with it. Um, so unique, totally a, a one-off, um, you know, one-of-a-kind thing. Uh, and you have two of the creators um, each putting it are all into into your own little story kind of thing. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I hope people go for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, you'll get, they a, should. You'll get yeah. a physical print. Like, uh, it'll be about this big. Uh, like, this is the cover. Look at this Bond. guy teasing. Hold on. So <laughs> it'll be like this big. Epa, look how he's teasing. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's 11 by 7. That's awesome. That's, that, yeah, so it'll be like that big, and we'll get it printed for you and ship it out. Uh, you see, folks, yo, this is what happens when you support indie. Will Marvel do this for you? Will <laughs> be this? No, see, no. no. They will no. never do things like that for you. That's just fact. This is the, the value of amazing independent creators because these guys will eventually be begged to join DC and Marvel. Like, yo, guys, we need you to do something for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it is up to them if they want to continue on their indie journey or join them. But even if they do that, it's okay to earn a paycheck. You know what I mean? Exactly. Don't fucking hate. Don't fucking no, hate. They <laughs> don't, I hate the word sellout. Because yeah. what's wrong with feeding yourself and your family? Exactly. Hey, there's you nothing wrong I mean? with that. You got to feed yourself and your family, right? So let's get into this amazing book and talk about it. I mean, look at this fantastic cover. And talk about the rest of your team, too, that couldn't be here tonight. But, you know, I want, I, obviously, you know, follow the whole team. That's them right here. And Side Cheeks, I mean, that makes me laugh, that name. It was like, oh, my God, it sounds so fresh. <laughs> Where am uh, I? What's going on there? <laughs> she, she's, she's a uh, young uh, conflict artist, col- colorist, who's really trying to get their footing in the in the world. And um, I don't know if we mentioned this she before. She does a great job. She does a great job. Um, I started a conflict company. Um, last year, uh, with the hopes of you know bringing up this kind of talent, uh, you know, entrepreneur. Salute to you, my brother. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, Easton's done a huge help with that, and we wanted to continue that with this book. It's beautiful, you know. Bring up, you know, all all tides raise all boats, right? So, you know, we're bringing in the new talent. Uh, Tobin, who's our letterer, has worked on me with me on multiple projects. Um, and talk about that. When you say multiple projects, because this is what I want people to also know, you guys are not rookies in this business right now. Oh, not right now, no. So, so Marcus, talk, just give us a few of the projects you worked on, and I want Easton to talk about what he worked on a little bit. Uh, so the big projects right now uh, was my first um, 
graphic novel I did as a as a writer. You, it's like a seventy page book you can buy oh, wow. on DauntlessStories.com right now. Dauntless, uh, it's, uh, it's it's an original story called Deadly Living, um, and it's it, great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it it follows a team love, of, of superpowered really beings, superpowered beings that live in a fantasy world, but secretly protect our world. And uh, it's been described as the X Men meets Harry Potter. Um, oh wow! What a compliment, bro. I know, right? Yeah. Um, and then my other thing is, I drew a story for a friend of mine uh, called Galus. It's a it's about a, a world where robots took over and uh, a robot seeking revenge for his human family. It's happening uh, now. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'm My iRobot is going to defend me one day. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there's other projects that works. I love but it. I love you it. Can, you can jump in right now. So, Issa, how about you, man? Talk about that that, that background of yours, man. Because you guys yeah. are like murdering stuff. You guys ain't rookies, man. You got yeah. no great heads like me. Look at this. But, you know, So, I started um, one of my first published works with Samurai Grandpa uh, that I did with. Sean Daly, um, over at SourcePoint Press. Um, I love that. that. Yeah, Charles yeah, and them over there. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. Yeah, yeah, great guys. Great great crew uh, running that show. But um, So I did that with Sean. Um, I, I have a novel out with SourcePoint as well called um, The Runner, A Post-Apocalyptic Tale. That was my debut oh, novel, um, which they have, they have a prose um, department as well, which has been growing. So they're going to be distributing through Simon & Schuster pretty soon, which is pretty neat. Woo! Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, Simon pretty & awesome. Schuster is picking up a lot of the slack for distribution. They it? are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. So, some, I, I know some um, folks or publishers have switched directly to them and are even, like, dropping uh, diamonds, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, Diamond was a monopoly oh, okay. for a long time. Not trying to yeah, sit on yeah. them, but you know, that's what happens when you hold a monopoly happens. for long, and then you yeah. didn't know how to handle the pandemic, exactly. and you failed yeah. Yeah. creators yeah. at that time. You know, and then other people are going to come in and and pick up yeah. some slack. And, yeah. It was just like Skype, you know, they didn't know they could be the next Zoom, and they fucked up. Or, or like yeah. Blockbuster didn't know they could be the next Netflix. <laughs> Although yeah. Blockbuster is not trying to come back. I don't know if they did. <laughs> I did not. I loved Blockbuster as a kid. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, but I think the train has passed. Blockbuster, stop it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I did a I did a one shot comic called Mother that takes place in that same universe as the Runner. Uh, I know Mother. Well. Get out. Yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was with uh, Source Point too. And then um, I did, I have a self published book called A Guardian. That actually Phenomenal. I was Phenomenal. working on volume. Let's show it off on screen, folks. Look at that sexy book. Ooh, look at that cover. Holy shit. Yeah, that's my, alley too. that's my uh, co-creator, Kay Baird. She was amazing. Um, and that hopefully we'll have some good news on soon. And um, I started working with Marcus. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look, look. Hey, sound like Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> I wish uh, my father, my grandfather was a samurai. I could have used him <laughs> to beat some people's ass for me. <laughs> um, and then Marcus uh, last year had uh, had faith in a story idea that I had um, for an, another fantasy book called Through the Shadow of Titans, and that's a blend of of prose and comic sequential art. Uh, and that's coming out through Dauntless um, 
in a month or two, probably. So yeah, yeah, rocking and rolling, keeping keeping busy for sure. May I ask you guys and whomever wants to chime in on this here? How did you guys even connect? Um, uh, <laughs> Twitter. I, I, I think it was just Twitter. Like uh, Twitter. See, guys, I tell people this shit all the time. Like, yeah, when I say Twitter, they say, oh, it's so negative. No, it's not. You could block so much shit and I, just I focus on what's real. You can. And you'll be happy. And you'll yeah, be happy. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's a great comment. I agree. Community. I, I, there's a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say, I, I the other day I was looking at, like, my, my anniversary. I've been on Twitter for, like, 13 years or something. And at first I was like, I've been on this hellscape for that long. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a second. It's not like, a hellscape. It's been no, but so many, because I learned to do what you did, and I just block and mute the noise. And I realized, like, so many of my, like, really good friends right now I've met through Twitter. And they're all yes. in the comic community, whether as just readers or co-creators or, you know, journalists and interviewers. like. All the people I talk to on a daily basis, I met through Twitter. Oh, hey, Harrison. <laughs> That's a sexy book. That, well, wait till you see the interiors right now, too. That trailer was nothing. All right? Yeah. Let's start getting into the interiors, man. I mean, the cover is, is dope. I mean, who designed the cover? That's all, uh, Marcus. Yeah, I designed the cover. This this is actually, we just made a new version of the cover. It's a little more, you know, it feels like an old paperback, like, you know. Yeah, a little more distressing. Yeah. Like, like it came from this era of time. Oh, well, but I'm digging it, bro. G- great lettering and everything on that. And, and, and talk about this because that's one thing that I, I was actually digging about the book as I, I perused the preview, right? Was that you, you guys use this widescreen look to the panels. Why did you guys use this type of, you know, panel work within the book? Marcus, you, so, you take it on that. So um, it, it this comes back to what Easton and I, how Easton and I started on this project, right? Um, I came to Easton with this idea about us. Oh, I love that panel. Uh, I came favorite. to Easton yeah. uh, with this idea of, of, you know, the protector, the, the, the man raising a son, okay. and he's a brutal killer. Uh, uh, you know, he's the kind of person that nothing will stop him in his mission. And... I come from a film background, and one of the things that I was, like, doing, I think, to Easton is anytime you look at a panel from this book, I want it to feel like you're pulling it out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're, you're watching. Yeah, you're, 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 you're fucking right, because that's how I felt. That's why I asked that. It's so cinematic. Uh, I tried to, like, this page is my favorite page of the book. Oh, actually, no. Uh, the next page is my favorite page of the book. Now that I'm thinking about Robert. In the church, but oh, yeah. I just Woo! it's like this one. You know, it's it's a it's a tense conversation between the king and his son, the prince, who thinks he knows better. And th- these were one of those pages where I started drawing and sketching stuff, and then Easton went back and wrote a script. And when I wrote Easton's script, I was like, this page has to be one of the best pages in the book because mm-hmm. it is so powerful. The words that you're putting down that it needs to be felt right through the panel. And, well, thank you. you know, I want, yeah, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, likewise, when you send me the art first, I'm like, okay, I can't let Marcus down. I got I to gotta make, I gotta make, this, make this fit and make it work over here. And it's, for me, that was the first time doing that as a, as a writer. And it was really uh, a fun exercise, which has been pretty cool. So I like that we're kind of just, if Marcus has an idea for the next scene, he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to draw this and send it to you. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So very Shakespearean and, and the verbiage and how you break things down, Easton. So talk about where you were diving into as a writer when you were, like, receiving these pieces. You know, what were you digging into? Yeah, so funny uh, you should say that. Uh, Marcus, um, when he pitched this to me, uh, uh, he came up with this idea, and he said, um, he said, so I got this idea. I want to make it. I want to do something a little bit different and unique as a as an experiment and build a story based off of different prompts, kind of like the Inktober prompts, which is for artists uh, to draw something different every day based off of a list of prompts. But Marcus was like, let's take it a step further and make a book instead of just, you know, a set of illust- connected illustrations or whatever. Um, and then we got to talking and we were like, okay, but what if we push even further past Inktober and come up with our own prompts and at the time, I was reading Macbeth, um, so I was very steeped in uh, Shakespearean language, <laughs> and nice. I was studying it. So, like you said, it, it came through because I was very heavily in that mindset. Yes, it did. Uh, Holy shit, it did. And so, so <laughs> what we landed on was doing. We were like, hey, well, what if what if we made uh, 34 prompts pulled from um, common motifs and themes from Shakespeare? And so that's what we ended up doing. So each page. Is, is its own prompt of a motif used throughout Shakespeare's plays. And so each page, it kind of might feel like a standalone, uh, you know, instance or short story in a way. A scene. But, but it's, all, it's all connected. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. But it's all connected into, into one large novella um, overarching story. So, so, yeah, I was, when Marcus sends it to me, you know, we, we both kind of had like this, these, these themes and motifs and that sort of, uh, the way Shakespeare, not comparing ourselves to Shakespeare. Again, this is an experiment, but we wanted to push ourselves a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of how that happened, and and, how, and it, it shows through in the end product, which I'm glad you picked up on. So yeah, that means, I, I, I picked up on it like this. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yo, Shakespearean, but again, because I'm also a Conan fan, so barbaric, and mm-hmm. you know, you guys yeah. are using things that I'm a fan of. So it's like I fell in love with what I already saw. Conan was my inspiration for Helios in the story. Epa. Oh, look at this. Like, yeah, Conan, yeah. Conan, Conan and Kratos, like those two characters yes. hand in hand. The god like, of yeah. war. I mean, the two thought, gods of war, because Conan is the god of war, whether you fucking yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> we started making this book, and I immediately had to replay God of War 4. I was like, I need to get in that mindset, because we, we had like this father-son dynamic, and I was like, what better father-son dynamic than God of War. It's so and epic. Then, yeah. yeah. And then when, and when he started writing the Robert stuff, like right here, this is one of my favorite panels. The one you showed right before is one of my favorite panels. Um, I was like, okay, I got to go back and watch Game of Thrones because like, I mean, yeah, go ahead. And look at this page. Look at this. Now, uh, how you break this, this shit down, yo. I mean, talk about this. This is what I was trying to talk to people about when I'm trying to say the cinematic experience. Each panel mm-hmm. It's widescreen, and on one page you get one, two, three, four, five panels <laughs> that just tell an amazing story. And if you're like me, listen, I'll be honest, I'm a wee head. 
And if I smoke <laughs> before reading a story, it, I am reading a movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're seeing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing it beyond levels that you guys cannot comprehend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my goal, my goal with every panel and trying to make it as cinematic as possible is like, like kind of like what you, you're saying. I can actually picture things like moving, right? I love and that. and when I'm looking at panel one, right? Uh, I started drawing. What did I draw? I drew panel two. Panel actually, technically, it's panel three. Panel three before Easton started writing the book. Oh right? really? Oh wow! So. It was that concept. Easton went and he just ran with it. And when he started writing, you know, a cornered and desperate king, I was like, "This is this is it." So we wanted to make everything feel, you know, visceral and and real. Like when you're looking at the sword going right through King Shep, uh, I added like a little bit of emotion blur and blood splatter. And then when you see the blood pouring, this is one of the only times in the books you'll see the blood pouring out of the panel and going into the panel below it. I love as, it. as almost as if it's staining the rest of the story, mm-hmm. like it's just which it is. It, it's the incident. Yeah, so long as it doesn't smell like, like 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 blood, I'm good, and I just keep reading. I mean, yeah, uh, man, and Easton, how did you feel when you got the script, man? How did you attack it? You know, within your own sick brain. I mean, how did you feel <laughs> getting this artwork and saying, okay, this is what I'm gonna do? Yeah, uh, so Marcus, well, at first he was kind of describing the characters to me. He showed me his his uh, character designs, and I'm a huge God of War 4 fan as well. And then when he was like, we're kind of going for this vibe, but we're gonna, we want to do like a little bit of Shakespearean dark fantasy thing, I'm just like, I'm all in. Like, those are all my like, favorite things. I love fantasy. I read it. I write it. I watch it. Um, and then seeing, you know, seeing Marcus's like super cinematic art and he does this, this awesome stuff, like with the lighting effects, like you see, like on, on the other picture when, when Robert is pushing the door, yeah. you see, you see the lens flare, like, you know, metaphorically and literally going across his eyes and our title is the whole world blind, you know, like the, the quote attributed to Gandhi, an eye for an eye will only ever make the whole world blind. And that's what Oof. we're doing here. And so Marcus just goes with it and like and the lighting and the colors and it's just like each page has its own sort of vibe and everything gets worse and worse and worse for the characters as we go uh which is a story i like to read and i have fun writing as you know i feel bad for the characters as as we go and, and there's something special about what you guys do too because you guys don't use typical word bubbles or anything you guys lay it out so much more differently i mean this page is a perfect example of what i mean so why use this type of format in your storytelling? Um, I one of the first things I said about this experiment is like if we're gonna do we're, we already have the prompt thing right. The only other person that I see making a full you know Inktober book was uh, Elsa Chatier. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her name, last name right. Uh, she did Nova uh, November. She did um, Star Wars. She's done a ton of great books. She ha- uh, she just did an Inktober book herself where she drew a book every single day for the month of October drew a page um, so I had come to Easton a, a couple weeks before she announced that and then I was like look she is the perfect example of what we got to do so we were like how do we push the experimental even further right not just be just beyond the Inktober style weekly prompt and I was like we got to utilize Easton's skills at prose because at the end of the day 
when you're reading Shakespeare, those long quotes, those long descriptions, you know, that's what makes the story. That's what brings it to life. So when you start reading Easton's words like this, and then you just start slowly picturing all the things like that's that's going on. Like, you know, the opening line of this page is the crown itself bled, painting Robert's hands crimson in the pale morning light. Right? Uh, uh, Shy Cheeks did a wonderful coloring on the whole page. I made mm-hmm. sure that when I drew the crown, you saw the blood not only dripping down his hands, but dripping off the crown, even though the crown has been there for years. Like, it's, it's all these other elements. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily... Uh, his father's blood, it could be his own blood. Like, he's holding on to that crown, holding on it's to the like, memory of his father so long. ripping off the crown of anyone that thinks that they are kings of pop culture. I get you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so it was just pushing that even further and really emphasizing the unique nature of the book. And days, man. From a uh, from a practical standpoint, we're we're limited in our space as a novella, so using some prose uh, along with the Marcus's sequential art allows us to sort of get a decent amount more in the story that we might not have been able to. Um, and, and, you know, like we were saying at the beginning, this is a very experimental uh, story for us. So, like, just, we were like, let's take all the things we love and just, like, throw it into a blender and see see how it comes out. See what out. happens. Exactly. And we actually have to give credit to Tobin on, on the letters there. Um, Absolutely. And making, making it, it choosing those fonts. It's, a, it's like a fantasy esque font, but it's still, it's still legible. Um, sometimes yes. you see that in the comics, and it's like it's a little bit difficult to read. But I think Tobin's nailing it so far, um, and it's been super cool to work with. Tobin's gonna yeah. get major work because of this. I mean, look at this for example. I mean, look at the black lettering, white font, very clear to read. You got some story. He throws some stuff in there. I mean. This is the this one page is just for the letterer and the artist, and it, yeah, it, 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 it's a beautiful story yeah. being told right there. Yeah, we like the main goal. Like it was like the East and I look at Mercy, and we're like, how do we? How can we tell the story of Mercy in one page? Mm. And the way it ends is, you know, when, when we're going through this whole page, you know, we see Sebastian, he leaves his son, you know, with finding a murdered owl like a shot an injured owl and he decides to put it out put it out of its misery because of his mercy um no more who's (laughs) (laughs) when he looks at his father you know in tears um his father says it's better to show it like show mercy uh but then you go to the next page right on page four yeah and we see helios being the most brutal guy possible like like his mercy is non-existent. Like the old, uh, the old yeah. dad said, yeah, "Do as I say, not as I do." Not as I do. Yeah. And I, I understand that is um, sometimes because <laughs> just as the presence is out there socially, you know, I'll show you all the love in the world, but you know, don't fuck with me because I will check you real quick. <laughs> I will check you real quick, and I, I, you know, and that's the last thing I ever want to do. I don't want to feel like I'm coming out of my own energy. Yeah, and this is what you're showing here. I mean, these are people that you know you're telling a story. People are going to come out of their energy. They're going to go back into their energy, but it's a story where it's like, yo, these people are dealing with really 
you know, this is a story. You're dealing with a lot of emotions and actions and storytelling that are very significant and that a lot of people are going to relate to. So that's, yeah, that's, and the that's, that's the hope, that even though it's, it's cased in, a, in sort of a dark, fantastical fantasy world, we want the characters and their motivations and their feelings to be grounded in humanity. You know, yeah, it's a story. And you got it. You got it. Raise yeah, yeah. I well, saw that you. just in a few pages, guys. Uh, I actually saw that. You captured that. You captured the humanity behind the characters instantly, where I would actually care about who these folks are. Thank you. That's and awesome. that's important. And that's cool. the most important thing because if you can't care about the characters, then who cares about the story, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's that's how it goes. Yeah. So, but you've done something great here. You've got amazing characters. Again, Connor Crusaders recommended, folks. You guys don't know what's coming here. You better you know, let me show it. Let me share it. You better hit this goddamn pre-launch because you guys don't know what's coming at you. And again, it comes with such a for me, with such a cinematic feel, in comics, being a fan of movies, it's like, yeah, this, you guys have achieved something very special here. And again, was that. was that just purposeful? Did you want to achieve that goal like that? Like cinematics, I mean, do you want this to be a movie? Do you want this to be a cartoon? Well, I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> it, we, I, you know, it feels like world. a screenplay almost sometimes. Like, wow, it, the way it, it, it saw us. <laughs> uh, it, coming from this world, you know, um, I would love to see an adaptation. But at the end of the day, it's I want to get through to people that comics can be as cinematic as a film. Like, Whoa! I want it to be, like, you're going to get good writing, you're going to get great writing, and then you're going to get art that shows you the kind of shots you see in movies. There you go, Fog. You see, because I see yeah. a lot of people that the only narrative, let me create comics as you get option. And that's absolutely the wrong fucking narrative. Yeah. How about yeah. create a great story that people connect to? And if people and want if to see it, yeah, and exactly. If people feel it and they want to see this, like, let's do it. I mean, look at Ballistic Comics. Great book, guys. Look at this. They Thank see you. it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you know that's that's like the fir first and foremost. This is a this is a storytelling experiment that Marcus and I wanted to do, and that's why we're you know just taking it to Kickstarter. It's going to be super limited. This hardcover edition, we don't know what's going to happen. Hardcover? Oh my you know? god! Oh, yeah. hardcover. hardcover only. Yeah, it's going yeah. to sound like this when y'all folks be knocking on that book. Like, yeah. grandpa, I love it. It's going to be about. Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. This size. But, yeah. It'll be about this size. You look at this guy sewing off stuff. Well, sew it again, sew it again. Oh, uh, yeah, so it'll be this about this size. This is a sample. It'll be about that size. Okay, yeah. beautiful. Look at that. And it will, you know, it'll be like six by nine, standard comic book size, full hardcover, 40-ish pages. And, um, you know, there's a lot that we want to tell with this story in so little space. So this and is only the beginning? You have more story beyond this? This is the this is what we want to tell for Helios. We do have hey. ideas for other stories, but <laughs> this is Helios and Robert's story. Hey, and I love that's what we're looking to tell. Okay, great. That's for now, and it's available on Zoop and all that shit, right? No, not Zoop. Just oh, Kickstarter. Man. Just Kickstarter right now. I mean, just Kickstarter, right? And so again, when is it launching? This upcoming Wednesday, next week. You hear this, folks? So I'm gonna keep sharing this bad boy. Let me let me put it up again. 
I'm going to leave it here now for the rest of the conversation because it's important for people to want to understand that, yo, 2022, let's keep supporting amazing independent creators like yourself, right? Exactly. So, um, do you have more story to tell beyond this then, right? Yeah, we, we, we have ideas for a sequel book, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think the plan right now is get this out here, you know, even though so, we, ha- we, you know, we have day jobs and stuff, this is what we want to do. This is our passion. And, um, you know, when we tell this story, we really want to make it special for everybody. So that's why we're only doing like a limited edition hardcover run. Uh, we have prints by some amazing artists. Uh, Sally Lockhart, if you don't know her, look her up on Twitter. Amazing, uh, young woman out of France. Great artist. Um, she did a, a print for us. Heather Vaughn, another great, uh, artist. She did another print for us that, like, mind blowing. So, um, you'll be able to I'm, get that. How many more stories are you guys ahead? And just to just secure people, um, right now with this current Kickstarter that you guys are about to launch, is the story done? And what are we trying to fulfill? With this current Kickstarter project, the 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 art itself is about halfway done. Okay. Right. Um, or the our Kickstarter delivery date is June, so we'll be I'll be working on it over the next few months. Uh, the ultimate goal is we really want to make this book. We really want to make it special. We want to make sure that everybody attached is getting paid because we come from the indie community, and you know you go to not going to name names of independent conflict companies that don't pay page rates, but that's not what we want to do. We want to make sure that we want to make sure that everyone gets paid, that Easton gets paid, that uh, Shy Cheeks gets paid, Tobin gets paid, and, and that Marcus you guys get something. That Marcus gets paid, yeah. Uh, that you know we do something that is meaningful for everyone else, uh, and and something that has everyone has fun with, like the idea that every page is his own story that collectively comes together um, is a super unique challenge that is new for me in Easton. So how new is that for you guys? How new? Uh, I can never do Inktober. So <laughs> the fact that <laughs> we we are doing one page a week for the last, like, nine weeks now, we've been doing it, nine, ten weeks, um, it's really fun. And there um, you go, folks. I want to yeah. show you this on purpose. Do not make no mistake. This is the proper page, all right? When you see that picture, that that name, please, please put your support behind this project. I mean, it's independent. We got diversity. We got story. We got Shakespeare. We got we got sword and sorcery. We got magic. I mean, this, this is escapism at its best. <laughs> Thank you guys for giving me something that doesn't report the goddamn news. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, if the I think the main big thing for this one is once we get this funded, our goal is around four four grand, give or take. Once we get this funded, um, it's going to fund the next few books that we're going to do. So we're moving away from this for a little while, but. You know, I have a whole universe of stories that I'm putting together that I'm bringing okay. a bunch of cool okay. creators. I want to know about this, <laughs> you know, before we go, because I know you mentioned that you actually have begun to take the journey as an entrepreneur and do your own label. 
So before we go, you know, talk a little bit just about that. What's the label? What's the story? What's going on? And when can when can I, you know, throw my wallet at you? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to just start off by saying my company is Domino's Stories. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and, you know, DominosStories.com. Um, I am the editor-in-chief, also the creator of the company. Um, the idea was to publish the boldest and bravest stories in comics. So uh, we have some, you know, adult horror projects that are out. You might flash drink my blood. We have Easton's phenomenal, you know, uh, illustrated novel. So that book has comic pages, art, 200 pages of prose in there. Oh, what? Um, Easton be fucking us up, man, giving us those mindfucks. Thank you, Easton, for, for it, making it is, me twisted. It is so good. Like, here, I have a I have a mock-up right here in front of me. Uh, it went away. Of, um, of Easton's novel. Like, I don't Love know if you can see that. Oh, look, so, oh, oh, look at that cover. Holy fuck. I, I'll bro. post it on Twitter again so you guys can see it. But and send it to uh, me, man. A comic to say there's a lot to share and support anything you guys do with indie creators, man. We got it, you it's back. Going, it, thank you. It's going back on resale <laughs> next month, like back up to, for sale next month. Uh, it was one of the first books we crowdfunded. Um, we just did a recent crowdfund for a book um, called Judas Complex, which uh, is by Stone M and Tree Gomez and Tobin. Tobin's also on that book. And uh, it's a queer supernatural detective story and okay. where the, the two detectives are a werewolf and a vampire oh shit and, and it's <laughs> about magical drugs that turn people into monsters oh it's, it's an insane book so oh, like ma- I said, magic weed i love it man let's do it magic weed that's what it is <laughs> uh, uh but the idea is just you know we want to tell good stories and we want to make sure that people who it. are like me and easton who are getting their start have somewhere to tell those stories. I love um, it, man. You guys, you know, you guys have your heart placed in the right area. And, you know, because you're doing things out of positivity, trust you me, you guys are going to go so far. Because when, when you do things out of love and passion, you're only going to get rewarded. But you just got to stick with it. Exactly. Don't, don't worry about anything else that happened. Just concentrate on the good that you get in your life. And mm-hmm. trust you me, you're going to be happy. <laughs> I agree and with you, that. I agree. You, yeah. yeah, it's just the truth. Ignore, ignore any haters because mm-hmm. if you look at those haters, what are they doing compared to you? Exactly. They're just hating. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, shut the fuck up. You ain't doing shit. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for your uh Your unsolicited advice. opinion. opinion. <laughs> yeah. And get the fuck out of here. You know, yeah. and be real. I think every creator needs to have that mentality because, you know, I always like to share the flowers. Let me give you both your flowers. Thank you, guys, for being so bold and brave. Honestly, for wanting to share your stories, for wanting to share, be creative, you know, to take steps that most people won't take. Here you just told me you didn't want to do queer stuff. I mean, why not? Right? Everybody reads motherfucking comics. And it's, you know, yeah. and I and I hate that when even you know, I have family that that's that that is in that you know genre, if you will, you know, in that community. Um, and when I share what I share, I share it because I only care about comics. I don't care what's being 
you know, if it's a queer character, who cares, bro? Are you that insecure with yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. At the end of the day, so it's like, you know, I share everything because everybody buys comics, everybody wants to read, and everybody deserves to have and see a piece of themselves in every piece of creation. So I want to okay. thank you guys for being so bold and brave and just doing things, you know, just being forward thinking and just sharing your stories. Now everybody I appreciate that. So if anyone that says that, oh, try to diss you, please just go pound MFS. Middle finger salute. Feel me? Alright? I feel you. You guys are amazing, bro, because this year, you know, and this year, not, not just this year, but every year, Comic is celebrates creators. You know, it's all about that you guys are just being awesome and you guys are being creative. I wish I had the talent to write. I wish I had the talent to draw. I don't. But the one talent I do have is to talk to people like you and share what you do. And thank you. For thank that. you very much. Yeah, thank well, you, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for taking on our stories. Yeah, nah, man, you guys are awesome. So check it out, folks. Once again, I need you to hit this Kickstarter freelance, bro. The whole world blind, cause isn't it? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but but it, but but they're not trying to be political. We're going back in some fucking stone age shit over here with some of the sorcery <laughs> and some fire that I think you guys would absolutely love. And please follow every member that has put a piece of themselves into this fantastic story that will be available to you very soon on Kickstarter. You know, you got Easton, you got Marcus, you got Toby, you got Shy Cheeks. I love that name. It sounds so <laughs> crazy, but I, I love the name. Um, so you support it, yo. You know, obviously, please visit Comic Crusaders on the cover caves and anybody else. You know, the outs will tell you what to do. Marcus Easton. Last question, and Easton, you answer first here. Any piece of advice and knowledge that you would like to share with any up-and-coming creators, you know, that you could, you know, you could tell them, I was here, and this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I like to share with someone who's looking to start out uh, in creating, whether it's writing, art, lettering, coloring, whatever it might be, um, is find what works for you um, through trial and error and experiments. You're going to be inundated with pro tips and rules uh, from online, from books, from everywhere else. And, you know, take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Because if you listen to everything, you're going to have your back against the wall. You're going to have this creative paralysis. Um, so when someone tells you something, if your gut tells you, I don't think that's going to work for me, don't listen to it. If something does work for you, you say, thank you so much. I'm going to incorporate this into my process. Uh, when I first started out, I listened to too many rules. And then I was like, what am I doing? This is coming out like garbage. And then I just started using the ones that worked for me. And then I finally found my voice and my footing as a writer. So I think my one piece of advice is to not listen to all of the advice, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, to, to jump in, I think... The most important thing that I learned making my first books and stuff like that is write what you love. Yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't have to be your magnum opus. It shouldn't be your magnum opus because you're going to make a hundred things that are going to be awesome in their own ways. But make sure when you're starting out and you're making something, it's something you genuinely have fun. Because 
Once it becomes work, you're not going to want to do it. You're just going to yeah. – it's going to be a project that gets tossed aside after you get bored. Make it something that you have fun with, um, you know, and it's not something that you're trying to impress the world with. It's something that you're making for yourself. And I'm going to toss an extra tip just because, you know, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand. Don't be afraid to start off with a smaller project. Don't be afraid. Yeah, a comic is a comic. This past year, I teamed up with Easton and like a half a dozen other writers to draw one-page comics for like three months straight. Those are fun. I drew a bunch of one-page comics, and the idea was, can you tell a story in that small amount of space? Oh man, how many panels? Were we limited to panels or what? Uh, some some of them were like one big image that was broken up into three panels. Some of them okay. were like seven panels, like on one page. Okay. Like the yeah. idea was let both parties run <laughs> run wild, um, and then you know uh, figure it, it out. Uh, I love that you 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 guys need to do this shit in trademark. They said the one page challenge. Yeah, that's what we actually we I probably could do that. You can't. Yeah. You should. Right now, you're speaking on to the world. And right now, Eastern Marcus, like, own that hashtag, like, ASAP, one page challenge, because that should be something you should do, like, every six months, yo, just to bring fire and passion. I am digging that. Even I might want to draw with my stick figures and shit. I could do some yeah. kung fu stick figures. Why not? Oh, man. Always a good time. It is. Nah, man, Marcus Easton, you guys have been amazing. Your book looks amazing. Your story looks amazing with trailer, everything. I didn't tease it because you guys need to wait. Until when? When does the Kickstarter drop again? This upcoming Wednesday, January 12th. There you go. January 12th, folks. Tune in. Check it out. Oh, what happened? One last thing. I'm sorry. So that trailer, that voice you heard. Is a guy named Paul Cassell. I had to give him a shout out because he's an amazing person. Shout out to me, Paul. Where <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it's actually going to be a special audiobook that we're putting together for. No audience. way. Yeah, so it's gonna. Ethan has written a second script on top no. of the script, and it's just an entire prose, like full-on novel-style script. And That's Paul's going to read the whole thing, yeah. and it'll be oh, available yeah. on the Kickstarter. Yeah. I just look yeah. at Easton and all I see is a writer, though. He's like, when he was like I- I'm here typing all day, leave me alone, smoking cigarettes and shit. But he doesn't look like he smokes cigarettes, though. You know, he's like, leave me alone. He, I you know, he's a nice guy having He just does this, just like, yo, leave me alone. I, like, what are you, what, you, know, smoke, what are you doing then? <laughs> <laughs> just writing. Just writing all day. That's it. <laughs> I love it, man. You guys have a great energy, and this is why you guys are the future. You guys you, you guys are amazing, man. I can't wait to see, to see this amazing project, and actually I'm able to pitch in. Again, let me show you one more time before we go. One more time. Kickstarter pre-launch. Sign up now, folks. When this goes live, you're going to want this. And you got Definitely. amazing artistry, amazing, amazing writing. You got everything. You got everything. And don't miss the day one sales. Day one, we have a day one early bird specials. Again, cinematic sure. feel in comics. You feel me there? Cinematic in comics. I mean, how many folks or teams are able to achieve that? But I truly believe that these two cats right here and the rest of the team achieve something that feels like it's this storyboard in, in a graphic novel. I fucking love it. <laughs> Thank love you it. so much for having us, Al. 
Now, Marcus, Easton, you guys rock. Guys, you know what my intro tells you to do. So thank you for rocking out with us today. As always, hasta la próxima. I'm Al Mega with Easton, with Marcus. Weba! Thank you for listening to the Commentators Podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCage.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 